Welcome to Junction. I'm your host Akang Sharma and I'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast an entrepreneurial bug has bitten you. Since human evolution we have transitioned from various modes of transportation. You might ponder upon the fact that what was the first mode of transportation before any form form of transportation existed humans used to travel on foot of course we were smart enough to learn how to use animals such as horses and don- donkeys for transportation in 3500 bc the wheel was invented the first wheel was made up of wood eventually in the 17th and 18th century the automobile industry saw numerous innovations the cycles the bikes the cars the trains the planes in which we travel all were invented in the following century these traditional methods are efficient in making us reach from point a to point b but the fuel used in them caused damage to our environment so is there a fix can we create an efficient solution yet which is environment friendly electricity has been present since many decades so has vehicles so why do we not make a mixture or integrate both of them of course it is not that simple but we have to start somewhere you know electric vehicles existed in 19th century but did not do well in the market because of its high cost low speed and sh- low range however electric vehicles were used in public transportation such as electric railways fast forward to 2021 companies such as tata mahindra renault mercedes benz audi all are manufacturing electric vehicles in india the policies being drafted our ministers nitin gadkari sir the minister of road transport and highways also mentioned that how he wants to create a mass mobilization of electric vehicles in the society currently india is focusing more on the mass mobility segment the two wheelers and the three wheelers and eventually they will go on to the four wheelers as well the taxis have been reduced drastically on electric vehicles we can see a transition so today we have an on our podcast an indian student who has a patent not only in india but in united states as well he has two patents filed on his name he is my senior at college and he has just passed out so please everyone welcome devansh Hey, thank you. So, thank you so much, Devansh, for coming on this podcast. So, if you could just introduce yourself and let the audience know what is your background and how did you step into the EV industry? Sure. So, um, I graduated from law school recently. Fascinated with electric vehicles, having seen them in a few countries abroad, and I would think about how why we didn't have them in India. and uh, based on that i try to you know rearrange business models that didn't work that's when i delved into the technological aspect of things the battery to be specific 
and uh, understood that it was the the battery which was of course causing the problem and because of that i um, i wanted to do something so based on that i went and developed this battery management system which uh, which is essentially gives the user more range gain per charge session and uh, flexibility of charge options among various other things so the user gains between 30% and 100 or 120% every time they charge their car with using my technology as opposed to the conventional technology so that is what uh, my background is with electric vehicles so this is a great insight given by you when was the first time that you sat in an electric vehicle and you were like i also want to create something in this field so the first time i sat in an in an electric vehicle was actually in 2015 in germany it was a mercedes benz electric vehicles so electric vehicle but it didn't really uh, appeal to me as much then as it did in 2019 when i sat in a tesla model s that was a breathtaking experience and that really pushed me over the edge so to say as you mentioned tesla do you uh, believe that tesla would be able to penetrate the indian market in the future i believe it will because uh, you see the indian middle class is growing and once the uh, the, the import duties are reduced and the the tesla prices match those of uh, the american tesla prices i am quite certain many indians will be able to access those vehicles buy them and use them okay okay that's great uh, i really hope that elon musk visits india and there's some like cars are being tesla cars are being driven across the street so uh, you mentioned that you had a lot of failures with the battery creation and you failed in various business models if you could elaborate on that so uh, when i wanted to do something in the electric vehicle space i uh, first looked at electric vehicle charging which is a big bottleneck it's a chicken and egg problem you see right because there no there's no charging infrastructure there no electric vehicles and because there are no electric vehicles there's no charging infrastructure so um, i started looking at the charging infrastructure business to see if something could be done there but uh, any person in the electric vehicle space who is uh, worth their salt would know that the charging business is inherently uh, not viable stand alone if you have it together with an electric vehicle manufacturing business it makes total sense for example tesla has its own superchargers chargers all over the place tata motors is doing something similar in india so um, i couldn't uh, really do anything in the electric vehicle charging space and uh, you know without the technological aspect there was no value addition that i could really give to uh, the, the whole space and that's when i delved into the technical aspect of things what was the entire process because when you come up with an idea there's a lot of hustle that you have to put in so like if you could uh, rewind time and take us back to the day one where you were trying to build it from scratch and you are here so like a journey if you could define the journey in a bit sure so um, you see i'm from an entrepreneurial family six generations of entrepreneurs so um, i mean um we're always on the lookout for good opportunity you know something that can uh, take us to the next level take create true value for many many people so uh, i saw this electric vehicle space it was a great opportunity 
and it made a lot of sense because you know it's good for the consumer it's good for the country it's good for the environment everyone wins so that is why i wanted to go into this space and um, i mean sure there were problems because i did have a scientific background so every time i'd come up with an idea i'd go to my father and tell him that you know dad this is what i think what, what do you think about it and he's always uh, done a good job in the devil's advocate always asking me the tough questions and challenging me many times i feel terrible about it but it always helped so um, when i went to him with this tech he asked me the correct questions of course to really challenge it to see whether the tech made sense and when i could answer those questions uh, you know properly to him then he said yeah sure go ahead do it i'm i'm with you so there's uh, there are always problems i can't elaborate too much on them because i mean i don't know to explain them so to say but there, there are problems you got to believe in yourself if you have something and you believe it will work you got to take that risk true self believe is one thing i also believe that entrepreneurs must have because in the long run it is the game of patience and self believe as you really there'll be tough times there'll be times when consumers would not buy your product or they are not satisfied and you yourself think that the that you have not you have missed something but maybe the market is not ready for the product the innovation maybe was not required or you created a solution which was already existing so still you have to just keep up with the entire process so uh, you were the sixth gen entrepreneur in your family correct so uh, what does it feel like uh, to be in such a family where entrepreneurs have been there since six generations i mean it's a, it's a good thing because uh, it keeps us on our toes it makes us want to uh, really explore the the world out there see what opportunities out there and uh, of course create true value because we aren't in it only for the money if you're in, if you're in any business only for the money you're not you know you're not doing justice to yourself or to the business you have to want to create true value for your consumers and for individuals around you so yeah that's what i feel about entrepreneurship in general i would like to take your take on this because uh, value is a word that people confuse a lot people sure. think that uh, so what do you mean exactly by value what does devansh mean by value so uh, i didn't say value i said true value value is something that anyone can make i can go and make steel i can go and make cement anyone can do that true value is something that no one has done in the past or that some uh, or some, or you make something in a way that no one has made it in the past for example uh, andrew carnegie of the of the carnegie steel company in the united states back in the day he had a different process of making steel he i think it was a more efficient process to something because of which he could make steel more efficiently or you know for his consumers cheaper better and that's how that's what made america steel powerhouse so a uh, true value is doing doing something completely new or doing something old in a totally new way that's what i feel it is as you mentioned about united states and since 200 years the united states has constantly have so many innovations inside and they promote uh, entrepreneurship they promote capitalism so do you believe that capital a capitalistic approach or just innovating in india would help india prosper as a nation 
I most certainly do believe that innovation will propel India into the the higher rungs of uh, you know elite countries, and uh, it will take our economy to the to the next level. So I'll give you this example. So uh, up until American independence back in seventeen seventy six, you know China was the richest country in the world because of their spices, commodities, etc. They had everything. America had everything, but they hadn't really explored much of it. But then, as uh, America gained independence, as their uh, as capitalism gained momentum, they promoted innovation from the start, and they wanted more engineers. They wanted better technologies, and because of that, that took America far, far ahead of China. And that's what we see today. That's the the stark difference that we see today in the two countries. Way too beautiful example given by you. Uh, go back to your college life because there, where the electric vehicles idea was generated. So, how was college for you, and how did you manage the entire process of handling college plus your innovation and inventing side? See, honestly, I was never really interested in studying the law, and uh, I I would just uh, up until my third year, I would just float, you know, try to make it through. And I focus more on my passions and my interests. And um, in my yeah, I mean, you could say in the middle of my third year, that's when I went to Tel Aviv for summer school. That's when I really begin to take to electric vehicles and uh, you know find a liking there. So uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I continued with college. I uh, started building this because it was an interest, right? So you always make time for your interests and passions. And uh, coincidentally, as I was, uh, you know, amidst the process, as I was getting patents, as I was applying for patents, and as I was going through the whole uh, process that was there, I actually took a liking to law, and my grades actually improved substantially. So I'll, I'll be uh, upfront about it. The, the the end of my third year, my CGPA was my GPA, sorry, was five. Which is pretty low, and uh, as I graduated, my GPA was a perfect eight. So that is uh, the difference. It, I mean, because it made me think more. It made me think more intricately about the law, take a liking to it, appreciate what we were learning, and uh, of course, the, the electric vehicle project was my pet project, my passion. So I, I found time. I made time for it. Uh, I'll surely take all of this advice back home. So, uh, if you had to give one suggestion, one tip to a college student who was confused to take the path of entrepreneurship or sit in the campus placements, what would your one suggestion or tip be? Sure. So I'll say what uh, Phil Knight said. You know, Phil Knight is founder of Nike, and uh, he's the benefactor of uh, the Knight Management Center at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. So at the at the entrance of the Nike Management Center, there's this plaque, which I'm going, which says what I'm going to just say. Um, there comes a time in every life when the past recedes and the future opens. It's then that you turn to face the unknown. Um, just give me a moment. I'm slipping my mind. So it's then that you turn to face the unknown. Some will turn back to what they already know. Some will walk straight ahead into uncertainty. I can't tell you which one is right, 
but I can tell you which one is more fun. Damn, this That's... line is very strong, and I think this line like should be the wallpaper of many students across the globe to just push harder and just to know that if they are taking the path of entrepreneurship or they are taking an unknown path, it's going to be like if they are really inclined towards it and they're passionate about it, then no one would be able to stop them as well. So, did you sit in campus placements or no? I didn't. As I said, I wasn't interested in law, so I didn't go. Sit sit for campus placements. Any family pressure or any relative pressure you got that why I'm sitting in the campus placements after being in the India is one of the best law schools. So there were no like hesitation from your or anything. Not really. That's great because if your parents are supportive and if your relatives have a good environment, like they do not. Constantly poke your parents that what is your son doing? Then it is more that your parents will also be relaxed and not stressed that oh my son is not doing something. And so you applied for a patent. So what was because the students in India are not aware about filing a patent and especially across you know, like filing it to the United States. So what was the entire process? If you could just take us through it. So uh, typically, first, once you have a skeletal framework of your idea, you should file a provisional patent in India first. That reserves your idea for one year. So it's a skeletal framework. Your idea should should fit within that skeletal framework. Your final idea. So now within that one year, you must uh, draw up your specifics, the specifics, the the other uh, you know things that are going are clearly in the the idea. Within one year, file your complete specification in India. Once that's done, you can uh, use the Paris Convention rule and file for a patent in uh, in America as well. And then uh, it it goes through. So if there are hearing, if your if some objections are there to your patent in America, they'll call for a, a hearings an objections hearing. And if you clear your objections and great, it'll go through. I I by by God's grace, I didn't have to go through that. My patent was directly clear. But uh, and in India, they'll always have an objections hearing because they'll always have some objection or, or another, and you clear their thing or their their objections, and then they'll either reject your your patent, tell you to make some changes after which they'll accept it or directly accept it. So that's how the the process goes. So uh, are you going planning to file your patents across other nations or only these two nations are there in mind for now? So I mean, these two patents have already been granted, the Indian and American one, and I have the right to file uh, for a patent with this technology in some hundred and fifty three other countries till two thousand twenty two, Jan twenty two, I think. Yeah. So I mean, not right now. I don't think there's a need to file for patents in any other countries right now because these are the two main powerhouses. True, super nations. And great places for your patent to be filed. So, uh, just because we see everywhere in the news right now, our ministers, uh, like YouTube videos, everyone is talking about electric vehicles. And should you invest in electric vehicle stocks or no? So, not a financial advice for our audience, but if you uh, had to give them one stock that sh- they should. Like look out for a one stock which has the potential to grow. Which one would it be? So uh, I I 
occasionally invest in companies, but I look for the intrinsic value. So I would feel that Tata Motors has a very strong intrinsic value because uh, if you observe, they've uh, they secured a lot of government contracts for electric buses. And that's a very intelligent move, I feel, because electric buses are very large batteries. And the larger the batteries, the higher the economies of scale. With greater economies of scale, you can reduce the price of your batteries for your smaller passenger vehicles, which they've done with the Nexon EV and uh, uh, the Tigor EV, I think. And because of that, people are buying more and more and more of those vehicles. And of course, they have bigger plans for uh, uh, more more electric vehicles in the passenger and commercial segment going ahead. And uh, coupled with Tata Power, which has the whole uh, the, the the capability to provide good charging infrastructure, I think it's a it's a pretty strong uh, combination and pretty strong alliance. So I would invest in Tata Motors. Uh, that is a great insight. So all the financial buzz who are listening to our podcast, you can surely go ahead and look and search yourself because this is not a financial advice. This is just a suggestion from someone who has been in the electric vehicle industry since two to three years. So uh, what can we expect in the next 10 years for the electric vehicle industry? Like if you could explain our audience in a gist, what in the next like 2020 to 2030 or 2040, what all can we look out for that you know? So, um, I would first start by talking about the two wheelers, which are already picking up like crazy. So I'm in Bangalore at the moment, and this is a, it's a pretty good place to understand the trend. So here you'll see maybe eight out of 10 Swiggy uh, delivery guys on these Yulu scooters or on other electric scooters. So it's a trend to pick up because in Bombay, I've not seen something like that. In Bombay, something else. In Bombay, we have a large amount of electric buses, some two, three hundred or electric buses. So uh, again, going back to the two-wheeler segment, given India's uh, purchasing power, given the average Indian's purchasing power, I feel that that's the first segment that's going to really pick up with uh, the likes of Hero Motor Corp, Honda, and all of them. Then, as I mentioned earlier, the Indian middle class is getting richer. They're earning more money, they're doing better, they want to spend more. So, uh, I feel that there'll be a shift to electric four-wheelers as well, because uh, Tata Motors will reduce the, the prices. I mean, rather they'll venture into the lower end of the electric vehicle segment, hatchbacks and uh, the lower-end sedans. So, that's where the next uh, boom will come. And then probably going ahead in trucking, there'll be another, uh, there'll be the third boom. Because we have a lot of transport, uh, a lot of road transport in India to carry goods from here to there. So that is where the third boom will come, is what I feel. And with these three, uh, these three segments really doing well, the charging infrastructure business will begin to pick up the standalone charging infrastructure business. So that is what... Uh, that is where I see India going from here. Yes, I was even reading an article where it was mentioned that all the new, like after whatever is being constructed, in, like from 2022, every like public place or every private place, or even if it's an apartment, there'll be an electric charge. It is mandatory to construct an electric vehicle charging station. 
because I, like my relatives or even if i talk to my friends they're like even if i buy the electric vehicle it would be so difficult to charge i don't want to buy it so the thinking will change people will adapt and of course like if if my environment or my surroundings will buy an electric vehicle so i will also think that should i buy it and so we know that in life everything has disadvantages so one disadvantage that you want to draw out draw for the audience that the electric vehicle possesses at this point in time i would think is the range that's a it's a massive roadblock because i mean if i want to go out of town you know if i want to go to lunavra or to pune or somewhere i can't drive my car go an electric car it's it's a problem so i give that to you i hope that one young entrepreneurial mind tries to solve this and in the next 10 years we might see a solution from one of our listeners only so that was great devansh uh, really felt nice talking to you and thank you so much for your time welcome to junction i am your host akanksh and today again we are playing the rapid fire round with the founders of electric system and a student who has two patents one in the united states and one in india devansh So let's go, Devansh. I'm shooting questions right at you. So, Ratan Tata or Mukesh Ambani? Mukesh Ambani. Role model for entrepreneurship. Oh, Dhiru Bhai Ambani. Team of five versus team of fifty. Which one will you choose? Five. Are you a process-oriented person or a result-oriented person? Um, result. most overrated startup in india according to you cred one startup you would love to work in tough question no tesla work from home or working at office always in the office okay thank you so much devan that you answered the questions really well